Well, Elvis, uh, there are a number of culprits, uh, and they are quite diverse. Um, I would like to start with uh, multi multinational companies, which are quite powerful in terms of the cash flow, but also in terms of their influence across the world. Um, I would also like to point out that there are a number of governments, both Western but also Asian, which have now come onto the come onto the field and are quite active. In fact, there are certain governments, um, like the government of Bangladesh, which has made it a government policy um, to to grab lands through purchase, but also through a lot of shady deals. Um, out, uh, a key player um, I would like to point out are our African governments because they facilitate the purchase of land. And maybe, for example, I'd like to make mention of uh, Qatar, which is in the Middle East. It is a country that is only about 11,437 square meters. That is smaller than Gauteng province. And yet it has already acquired 4 million hectares on the African continent. So when one looks at our continent on paper, it looks big. But in reality, quite a good chunk of it has gone away. But what are the main contributing factors for land grabs on the continent, especially by our own African governments, as so to speak, as you just indicated? Well, I think uh, a major contributor is short-termism. Um, the, the, the vast majority of our governments and people in positions of power do not apply their minds to the long-term implications of the decisions that they make today. Um, uh, again, the, the, the rationale globally from a lot of the players is, Global, in food, uh, global food insecurity. They argue that they are purchasing uh, and acquiring land on the African continent in order to contribute towards the fight against hunger. And yet, we have noticed, and like Professor Holmes' uh, contribution at the conference uh, made mention, there is very little evidence that the land acquired on the African continent has been used for agricultural purposes. The majority have been used for other, for other purposes, including um, biofuels, uh, biofuel uh, production, and so on. So in terms of contributors, um, I think largely it's short-term planning. It's uh, the lack of the cadastral know-how by our government, um, but also sometimes the lack of patriotism and, and thought around um, what would be the long-term implications for the continent. Now, which countries are the most affected on the African continent? Oh, there are quite a few of them, and perhaps I should start with Madagascar, which almost sold away one-third of the country. It had to be stopped at the last minute. Um, Mozambique is largely targeted. There is a list of the 10 most targeted countries on the continent, amongst which we have Mozambique, we have Liberia, Sierra Leone, Ethiopia, Uganda, um, of course the DRC, um, and uh, quite a few other countries. Mm -hmm. How is South Africa affected by these land grabs? Well, largely South Africa happens to be a recipient in lots of ways, uh, and uh, I would say a window through which uh, uh, many of these uh, transactions are made. Um, South Africa prides itself as the window to the African continent, so many of these transnational companies tend to operate from South Africa or through South Africa. But um, in terms of the long-term implications on South Africa, I'd like to point out that in as much as land grabs in South Africa today, and when I talk about land grabs, I make allusion to the new land grabs or what is being called by the Tabombeki Leadership Institute as the new scramble for Africa, um, w- South Africa will be affected in the long run through, I mean, from the conference, we picked up that conflict is a major, major spin-off from, from land grabs. We have uh, environmental, the environmental impact, climate, which, which includes climate change, of course, 
um, there are also, of course, there is hunger, displacement of population, and as a result, South Africa should ex- expect to to receive more and more um, um, influx of mm-hmm. immigrants, refugees, asylum seekers, and people who have been displaced as a result of this acquisition of their land by multinationals and foreign governments. Are there some initiatives that are underway to ensure, though, that these land grabs are halted? Unfortunately, on the African continent, there is we do not recall a single African head of state who has taken up land grab as an issue of concern. While there have been discussions here and there by certain institutions, be they academic or research, um, very little has been done across the African continent to address land grabs. Um, Interestingly, uh, Europe uh, and the Americas have actually taken up land grabs far more as as an issue of concern far more than the African continent. And yet, 60% 60% of the land that's been grabbed globally belongs to Africa. Mm-hmm. So in terms of initiatives, there has been some, there has been some, some effort here and there, but uh, generally there hasn't been any m- major move to address this. Mm-hmm. reason why we decided to put together the first Africa Conference Against Land Grabs. Now, Mr. Atom, what is then the best land system that would suit Africa as a continent? Well, I, I'm not very sure if there is a there is one single system that would work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when we organized the South Africa Dialogue on Land Grabs in June, we invited, the, uh, we, we invited a number of key players, um, including the Royal Bafokeng, because we think, part of the, in spite of its weaknesses, it happens to be a system which, which is inclusive. So there is, there is consultation of the people, there is, there is dialogue, there is... Uh, th- I mean, it's quite inclusive in nature. And I think this, this, there is something we can learn from our various um, traditional African systems around land governance. What we have today are governments, national governments, which pay very little heed to the local, uh, local homegrown solutions to land governance and, and uh, conflict management.